0: this is glenn crooks on frame 20 year old chris gloster montclair new jersey native signed on march 22nd by new york city Uh, his homegrown rights purchased for the new york red bulls after a stint overseas with uh, both hanover and psv he's excelled with our youth national teams here in the u.s was a full-time player for tab ramos at the uh, under 20 world cup in 2019 and uh chris uh, i want to welcome you and um as i told you last week at that first media presser uh i'm a jersey boy you're a jersey boy so you're all right by me
1: thank you for having me and yes you know us jersey boys have to stick together so (laughs)
0: that's right (laughs) so what what is it about jersey because i i tease people and but when you think about it the the uh the heritage of the sport and New Jersey seem to go hand in hand. It always seems to come back to
1: Jersey. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Jersey, it just has this home feeling and, you know, my whole family's come from Montclair, New Jersey, from my great grandma to my grandma to my mom, my dad, everything. So, you know, Jersey just always has a special place, you know, in my heart and will forever have a special place. So I think, you know, Jersey you know, we've been, you know, we're raised a different way and, you know, you know, we're raised to fight and do all that kind of stuff. So I think, you know, that's why Jersey will always just be Jersey.
0: Yeah. Playing in Montclair High School, Montclair United. Uh, but with with all that sort of family, I, I assume they're they're still around. So what what level of uh, satisfaction is it to to be back home uh, and, and really be able to play in front of them, which was not the possibility, uh, you know, over the last few years?
1: Yeah. So, you know, being able to come back home and being able to play in front of, you know, my mom, my uncle, my grandma, my dad, everything. um, I just think, you know, it's a real surreal feeling. Um, It's a really good feeling. And, you know, obviously being overseas, they weren't able to travel so much. And I was always traveling myself, whether it was going to with the national team, the youth national team or with my club. You know, it was hard for them to really pinpoint where I was going to be so that they can come and see. So, you know, being able to play in front of friends and family now uh, at NYCFC, it's going to be amazing. And I just can't wait.
0: You know, there's been a lot of uh, conversation about American players like yourself playing in Europe and unable to be with family at all during the (laughs) pandemic and the mental strain there, you know, it's, it might be hard for you to classify, but you know, how much of that, you know, really factored into your desire to come home maybe, or just how difficult it was? Um, Yeah, definitely.
1: Especially during the pandemic, it definitely takes a mental toll, uh, you know, especially living on your own and, you know, being on a different time zone. So when they're going to sleep, you're waking up and starting your day, you're not able to speak to them on the phone as much. It's very tough. And then, you know, you're always worrying about, you know, how your family is doing during the pandemic, especially, you know, For, uh, you know, my grandmother, you know, the older people in my family, you know, it's a bit worrying, Um, but, you know, it was, it was pretty hard. uh, And obviously, you know, when you're focused on that, you know, it's hard to perform at your best. So, you know, being over there during this time, especially, it was very hard.
0: Yeah. Uh, Chris Gloucester with us, the 20-year-old who uh, has recently signed with New York City FC. He's a left back. Just to trace a little bit of your background, you, we, we've established you grew up in Montclair, went to Montclair High School, yes, uh, played for Montclair United. But what was uh, that experience like? Uh, what was soccer like in North Jersey at the time? And and how much of an impact do those experience or did those experiences have in leading you to Red Bulls and then to Europe? Um, I think, you know, I've had a lot
1: of coaching like i've gotten had a lot of different coaches you know growing up from a young age especially and i think you know just gathering information from each different coach like i said at Moncre united we had english coaches and we had dutch coaches and we've had all these different types of coaches so i think me learning all different types of styles really helped me develop at a young age and then being able to make that next jump to red bulls and then go through their system with different coaching and then obviously being able to play with their USL team and then train with their first team and then eventually making the decision to go overseas and, you know, make that big step. So I really think, you know, the development that I've had and the experiences that I've gotten at a young age in North Jersey with different coaches has really helped me uh, from the start.
0: I would think the Dutch coaches that you had at Montclair, they, Probably ultimately, I don't know if you still communicate with them or ever did, but happy that you ended up at PSV, right?
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. They were very ecstatic when they found out, uh, you know, I was at PSV. So it was good to talk to them when that happened.
0: Your decision to go to Europe. How tell us uh, some of that story. So you're you're with Red Bulls. uh, You're in the status of at the time, the youngest ever starter. In, uh, in the USL at the age of 16. So uh, guide us through that a little bit.
1: Um, So I think, you know, you know, I did a lot of talking, you know, with my family and agents and, you know, other coaches that I have, you know, been coached by when I was younger. And, I, you know, I just think for myself, I just wanted to take, you know, that big leap, you know, seeing my fellow Americans like Christian Pulisic, Josh Sargent, seeing them make the jump, right from it, I think it really encouraged me to, you know, believe that I could do it myself, and, you know, uh, so going over to Germany was, I think, a really good step for me.
0: That was at uh, Hanover 96. You played with their yes. two-team. You played with the PSV uh, two-team. up. Uh, so, you're uh, departure from PSV. So you went over there. The experiences I'm sure were immense, but ultimately you were not uh, playing a lot of games. So uh, the first thing I noticed when the, you were signed by New York city, went on to transfer market to see how things had progressed and and you hadn't played for PSV since last November, which is a pretty long stretch of competitive inactivity. So th- th- did that serve as the impetus for you to leave? Yes. A hundred
1: percent. Um, that was a really big factor. Uh, I mean, uh, don't get me wrong. PSV did a lot for me uh, when I first got there and they helped me develop and I've got, I got good experience being there training and everything, but I just think, you know, as a player and as a young player, game minutes matter, Uh, playing games really matter and your development. (laughs) And so, you know, not me, not playing that many games uh, since November, I really needed to go somewhere where, you know, it was possible for me to get game minutes and to get my rhythm back, and you know, to be that to be myself again. So I think that was a real big factor in me coming back home.
0: Well, you've had some massive experiences. a uh, Full-time player at the U20 World Cup, uh, many appearances with uh, John Hackworth with the U17. So on the international level, youth international level, uh, very experienced. Uh, Your inactivity at PSV is there anything that you look back if you're self-reflecting, you know, self-evaluating, maybe what was, what fell short, you know, sometimes you have disagreements as to, well, I should be playing, but I'm not that sort of thing happens between <laughs> player and coach. But if you're self-evaluating what, what fell short, do you think?
1: Um, uh, I think it was just more of, you know, the mental side. Uh, I think obviously we talked about the pandemic, and how much of a mental toll that happened. And, you know, on a personal level, I, I had lost someone in my family to the pandemic. And so that had a real big toll on me. And I just think mentally, I just wasn't focused. And I just couldn't really focus on what I had to, had to do on the field. So I just think, you know, that was just a huge thing for me. And that's why, when I look back, you know, it was just the mental side of things.
0: And just... Uh, and sorry for your loss but you, you also you you add the mental side of it as a, it's almost like you go to the training facility you train you're not competing and then you go back to your apartment or the hotel or wherever you were exactly. you're not allowed to leave your room mm-hmm. you know it's like so it's, all that combined it was a lot
1: and it was almost like you could kind of compare it to jail a little bit you know you get your recess time outside and then you have to go back to your cell and do whatever you do in your cell and then you know, you eat or whatever, but you can't leave. And there's curfew and all that kind of stuff like that. So when you really look at it like that, you know, it's pretty hard.
0: Chris Gloucester with us, who was a teammate with James Sands, a current New York City uh, uh, midfielder, center back, uh, versatile himself. And, <clears> and <throat> I who just signed a, a five-year contract with New York City. Uh, I assume that you and James had conversations before you uh, put your signature on a contract for new york city fc and if so uh, what kinds of things did you talk about
1: um well we talked a little bit uh, obviously not too much because i didn't know if it was gonna be a fish like for sure but we had spoken a little bit because he, he had saw rumors and everything and so we had talked a bit and he kind of just gave me the rundown of you know the team culture here and you know how it feels, you know, to play at home and everything. And we were just kind of reflecting on when we played together in U-17. So we just kind of talked about, you know, old stuff like that. And then it was kind of, you know, giving me insight on the coaches here and how things are here. So that's pretty much what we talked about.
0: I don't remember clearly. Were you guys next to each other with the U-17s? Was he left no, central? James he was, right, was center. right right center okay. back. Yeah, right. but we played
1: we played uh, throughout you know, most of the under-17s together in the back line, uh, throughout the 17th world cup and everything. So
0: yeah, have
1: a pretty good relationship.
0: And then when you, uh, advanced to the, the U twenties under tab Ramos, I mean, I, I, wonder if that's one of your, uh, uh, the bright spots, one of the biggest accomplishments for you, you, you were named to the best 11 for the CONCACAF championship ahead of the world cup. You played in every game. Uh, in the world cup which ended in a quarterfinal loss to ecuador so uh how do you where do you rate that experience
1: um uh, obviously playing in our tourney world cup is uh really up there i think you know it's definitely you know top maybe top three top five moments that i've gone through that have been, that have been the brightest moments i've had uh it was a really good experience obviously playing at a high level with such high level players all around and then you know being able to get as far as we did obviously It sucks that we had to lose in the quarterfinals, but we performed well the whole entire tournament. So I just think it was a very good experience overall.
0: Talk about your own performance there. I mean, you're named to the best eleven, which with several teammates. So that's that's quite an accomplishment.
1: Yeah, it felt and when I saw that, it felt really good. You know, it gave me confidence. You know, to continue on with my career. So it was amazing.
0: So if we move ahead with youth national team, uh, stuff, uh, you 23s, you were called into a couple of camps by, uh, Jason Christ, the, uh, the Olympic coach, uh, including the January camp. You did not make the, uh, the final roster, which I'm sure was disappointing. I, I would imagine you were watching the game against Honduras, uh, which would decide who advanced to the Olympics. Got a yes. lot of friends playing there and it didn't work out. So, this is constructive criticism. You're observing the game. Uh, I'm wondering what you were thinking as you were watching it. Not the fact that you were bitter that you weren't there because I, that's the, not, that doesn't appear to be your personality. But, no, no, But these are friends of yours, and you, I'm sure you're rooting for them as hard as or harder than anyone. But what were your observations? What were you thinking as the game progressed?
1: Um, from that game against Honduras, I just really think we just needed – you know, that extra edge in the final third, I think throughout the whole entire game, they played pretty well, but it was, you know, it was just towards the end game and they needed to score. I think they really needed to, you know, have that hunger and have that edge to, you know, put it in the back of the net to tie it or to do whatever to get the win. So I just think that's what was missing throughout that game.
0: I don't know how active you are on social media or listening to the commentary and, and some of the uh... – I guess, criticism, you might say uh, after that match, but it did focus. I thought most of the focus was on, and you heard from former national team players uh, focused on the hunger aspect that Honduras. And, and when you look at the comparison, you have Honduras players that a majority of them have grown up in a different environment than yeah, the American yeah. players and that, mm-hmm. you know, how they perform there might lead them to uh, uh, a life or a career that could get them out of poverty or get them out of a situation <laughs> that that's not favorable, which is not the case for a majority of the U S players. What do you think that's a legitimate, uh, criticism?
1: Um, I don't think so. Obviously, uh, you know, when you're playing in Honduras, it's totally different than, you know, with the U S you have players playing almost everywhere uh, in the world, but, you know, you, when it comes to the field, everything, it, whatever matters is, so, whoever gets the three points, it doesn't matter what's happening outside, you know, who's experiencing what. It's just on the field, you're on the field, and that's what matters. So, I think I don't really think that point kind of has a factor, whether like Honduras is more hungry because of what they go through. Um, but I just think, you know, the US in that game, particularly, was just missing, you know, hunger in the attack side of
0: the game. Yeah, in that particular game. Uh, Chris Gloucester with us Uh, he is a 20 year old he's a left back now I'm wondering you know a little bit before you signed with New York City FC they had signed a a wing back uh, from uh, Denmark Uh, Malta Amundsen who hasn't arrived yet he's still working on his visa but were you at all reluctant to to sign knowing that they had already acquired a left back as New York City searches for the replacement of uh, Ronald Matarita
1: um, no, uh, I think, you know, the more competition, the more development and the better the team gets. So I think just having an, an, an extra player here is just going to be better for the team, whether or not it is in my position or not. I think that'll just help the team that much more to our goal here at NYCFC and that's to win trophies. So I think you know, I was not reluctant at all. I was very
0: confident. I
1: was very you know happy. You know, at once I heard that signed him, I wasn't, I wasn't reluctant
0: at all. So you you like to compete and you're also yeah. confident, it sounds. Yeah.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, you know, but you know, competition and being once when everyone wants to compete, that's when the team can develop and grow. And I think having that mentality of competing and always wanting to win will really help us. So
0: well, you sound like a real team player as well, Chris. And you know, when we you met the media last week, it, you had only had one training session so now there have been many more uh are you a little more comfortable with the situation and how are things going in practice
1: uh everything's going well in practice uh obviously it feels good to be back in new york uh you know being able to train with the team fully now and not being in quarantine uh and really be being able to feel the guys out and see how each guy plays and see everyone's mentality and you know how they are on the field I could tell there's a lot of competition within the guys. And I think, you know, that's what's going to help us. And I think seeing us compete against each other with tackles, and you know, you know, really positive vibes, I think, you know, it's going to be very good for our team in the future.
0: So uh, we're recording this on April Fool's Day. Were there uh, any April Fool's pranks at the facility today?
1: No. And I was actually surprised. And when I woke up this morning, I was thinking there was going to be a lot of jokes today, but there weren't any. So,
0: alright. I don't mind it. Especially as the young guy, you, you would think you, you might be the one. <laughs> have you had exactly. to get up? Have you had to get up on a table and sing yet or anything? Uh, I had to do that in Orlando, actually. Um, but you know, I've done that uh, multiple times uh, when I've
1: gone to preseason with PSV and Hanover, us first team. So you know, it's nothing I haven't experienced before. So, but it was fun, and obviously the guys welcomed me in. You know, so it was good. It was a good time.
0: You have a good voice
1: heck no Mm-mm. don't expect me to sing nope nope i'm i but i'd say i'm a good performer not a good singer but a good performer
0: well that's important you know sometimes yeah. you can overcome uh, being out of exactly and really perform yeah exactly and then when you get everyone to
1: sing along you know it just makes the whole initiation thing easier so
0: hey uh, the the I read your bio somewhere. I can't remember where it was written, where uh, you listed as your biggest athletic inspiration as Michael Jordan. So if we go back to the pandemic, I think everybody saw this uh, Netflix thing, The Last Dance. And yes, yes. uh, So so when you you look up so much to him, what stood out to you? One or two things that you can recall regarding michael jordan from what you learned in that uh in in the last dance and how maybe you could apply it um
1: i want to say that he was always a guy that when it came to working he put his head down and did what he had to do for himself but he also cared about the team and the benefits of the team and i think that was a really big thing for me and that's what i try to be uh you know, I always want to develop myself and for myself and my career, but also I really want what's best for the team. I want us to win and I want us to win trophies. And I think that's where I can compare myself to Michael Jordan aspect. And, and that's what I've really taken, you know, from The Last Dance, the documentary and from him as a person. So I think that's one of the main things really.
0: Yeah. And athletes weren't uh, allowed to leave their hotel rooms during the pandemic. You know, that isolation that you referred to earlier, what did you think when he he could leave his hotel room because he got mobbed so much? Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) It was ridiculous. It was insane.
0: Yeah. It's really, really crazy stuff. All right. One more thing, Uh, back to soccer and then uh, I'm going to let you go relax. You've had a tough training week. I'm sure. the the uh, the other athlete who you kind of uh, regard and maybe are trying to model yourself a- after and it's a good one uh many many uh years with bayern munich david alaba the uh their left back so talk to us about his qualities and how what what kinds of things you've learned how closely you've watched him and then maybe taken some things from him
1: um definitely uh the way he is so good on both sides of the ball i think you know, obviously at Byron, when you have that type of team and have that type of attack, you know, there's a there's a really, like, a lot you can do, and I think um, him defensively, he's very strong. He's very aggressive, but also on the attack side of it, he's very smart, and he, he manages his game. He's bombing forward, but he's, you know, making sure that he has enough recovery to be able to be on the defensive side of the ball, and I think when it comes down to that, uh, When I try to model my game, I try to manage, you know, my runs bombing forward. You don't have to do that every single time, but when you need to do it, it needs to be effective. And I think he's very effective in the final third. And that's, you know, what I've been trying to work on lately is my effectiveness in the final third. So I think him as a a model for me is a very good model for me. And I really try to reflect my game off of his.
0: Have you been encouraged to bomb into the uh, attack uh, with your in your training with NYC thus far, yes, yes,
1: actually, uh, the coach uh, Ronnie, he really, you know, encourages me when we have the ball to get forward, get forward, because I He sees me play, and he knows uh, when I get into the tech stuff can happen. So I think he's very encouraging um, when it comes to the attacking side of the ball.
0: All right, uh, Chris. Uh, it's uh, really wonderful to meet you, and uh, you so look forward much. to doing face to face at some point. Uh, that's Chris yes. Gloucester, everybody. Uh, New York City FC, Jersey boys, to guests. here. Yes, sir. Thank and you for back. having
1: me. Thank you so much.
0: You're quite welcome. This is Glenn Crooks on Frame.